Well, we're uh, brought up <clears throat> watching fictional accounts and movies of superheroes with extraordinary powers, but now I will watch and comment on a documentary about a real-life superhero. Now, he didn't have extraordinary powers unless you count, you know, will and uh, strength and determination and superpowers, and I do, real-life superpowers. So uh, I'm going to, for the first time, watch uh, John Lewis, Good Trouble. I'm going to comment during the documentary so you'll get my reactions, but you're not going to, this, this, this podcast isn't going to be the length of the, of the documentary, unless I'm talking throughout the whole thing, which I doubt. But um, anytime I see something that I'd like to comment on, I will certainly do that. So I am pressing play now. And you'll hear me talk throughout the documentary. So here we go. It's like all the production companies like CNN and Time Studios. It's it was all silent, so there wasn't any sound. I thought there was something wrong with my sound. All right, and there's the man. There he is, the late, great John Lewis. And just looking at the introduction and just looking at his face and, you know, and I, I'm, I'm assuming this, this was recorded not too long before he died and, you know, just looking at his face and, and what he's been through um, and you can just almost tell but I oh my god I love that mugshot and he was arrested so that that mugshot was taken after he was arrested for using a whites only restroom in 1961 and he tweeted that picture out uh on his twitter obviously on July 19th 2015 and he wrote even though I was arrested I smiled because I was on the right side of history find a way to get in the way hashtag good trouble Awesome. And this is before COVID, so people are just walking around <laughs> as, it's, as, it's, as if it's a normal thing to walk around without a mask. And there's Representative Elijah Cummings. Uh, he is no longer with us as well. Organize, mobilize, and legislate. That's how things get done. And John Lewis is living proof of that. So I'm, I'm guessing that'll be the theme of uh of the documentary you know his struggle oh wow he is i'm watching him watch himself and he's gonna comment on himself and you know martin luther king jr and black people are online registering to vote and they're being pushed away by cops now now they knew this this was going to happen and they knew if they just stood their ground and peacefully resisted at at least the um the represent the representation in the media will show just the overt brutality of uh of the police and just the amount of bravery was unreal because they they knew the risks they knew the risk was this and this is and this is just a vote things that you know some in this even today in this country uh take for granted but but voting is is how things are changed you know so the more people vote for the more people that you know they feel could represent them that's how change is made so they're marching across the bridge in selma to vote and they're being stopped by police 
under the guise of unlawful assembly. And uh, in the earlier scene when they were online, they were told you don't have a parading permit. So it's any little way to try to justify, you know, an anti-democracy uh, action from these cops. It's got to be terrifying. So you're, you're having troopers advance towards the group with weapons, and they're about to be beat, and they know this, and they know to if they fought back, it could be shown as, oh, well, they're fighting back. That's why we had to beat them, even though the cops started it. So now, you know, they're just, they're just running, literally running right over them, literally. And that's what they expected. And, they're, and you know, they still, they still were there standing, really standing their ground. You know, and here comes the, the tear gas and there's gas masks and there are people being um, carried away. Th- this is a war. It's a war. It's a war because people want to vote. And the police in the United States of America are stopping them. And John Lewis got bashed in the head. And he, and he thought he was going to die. He just said that. And then, and then I'm, I'm glad they're flashing forward because it, 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 it illustrates the voter suppression that's still going on. It may not be as overt as police standing in the way, but so purging the voting rolls, eliminating the polling places, those are different ways to suppress the vote. So it's not cops standing in front of a front of the door. It's paper pushers and policymakers creating these barriers to stop people to vote. And they just happen to be people of color who can vote in the people they want to vote to create change for people of color. And then, you know, and if that's stopped, change isn't made. So it's the constant struggle and the constant fight. And and Lewis said at the beginning of the documentary, you know, there's so much more progress to be made. And and he's right. He, he's right. He, he was right. My greatest fear is that one day we'll wake up and our democracy is gone. And wow, did that come close to happening, uh, especially with the ev- events culminating on January 6th. And, the, and the, that former guy, that former president who had a hand in misinformation, hatred and cruelty in the years that led up to that insurrection. So, you know, he's a hero. He's a hero to, to so many based on the things that he's done uh, in order to enact positive change. And, oh, that's the comic book. That's the comic book march. And the funny story, oh, wow, and there's a kid with a Beto shirt. Um, but but a funny story with that comic book, he went to uh, a Comic-Con dressed in the way that he dressed during the, um, the assault by the police uh, at, at Selma. And so he was cosplaying himself in order to promote that comic book. And I think that's a great way to promote uh, history and to promote how to stand up for yourself and how to promote how to stand up for people like you in order to get change. And it's it's not even – it's change to be treated just like everybody else is treated. It's it's equality, but more than equality, it's, 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 it's equity. It's giving the underserved the same advantages as people who are privileged. So he's talking about, you know, during Jim Crow, he said, don't get in the way, don't get involved. And thankfully, thankful he did. And it's all these little actions, well, not little actions, but all these actions. He said Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr. And those, you know, good, quote unquote, good trouble. Uh, that's how change is made. It creates these waves and ripple effects 
that uh, that inspires people, regardless of color, regardless of age, regardless of anything, to do the right thing, to 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 you know do the least to to promote the least amount of harm possible, you know. And he's talking about his good trouble all the times he's been arrested, forty times, and then plus five times uh, being in Congress. And I'm probably going to get arrested again for something. So yeah. Say something, do something. Good trouble. Necessary trouble. Yeah, so 2018 wasn't too long ago, and uh, this country was in big, big trouble of being taken over um, even more so by Republicans, by the Trump Party, and Republicans are, you know, they're the Trump Party, especially now, but even back then. And it was, they were in real danger of, you know, remaining that way. And thankfully, the Democratic Party, the party of John Lewis, uh, took over the House that year and, and won. The blue wave happened. And the ripples of those blue wave, of that blue wave is still being felt today. I, I believe that's what helped get Biden elected. That's what helped flip the Senate. Uh, the House did lose seats um, for the Democratic Party, but uh, the Democrats have the House as well. The Senate's razor close, and that's complications as well. But, you know, it's actions from people like John Lewis, and as bad as it, as it was in 2018, um, it was even worse in, you know, in the Jim Crow era, uh, 50s and 60s, uh, during his coming of age. So to see that change from, from then to now is astounding. But like he says, there, there is so much more. There's so much more to do. And he's talking at a church, and you saw the, the little kids looking at him. They're probably like, what is going on? But hopefully they're at least enthralled of his story about preaching in front of, in front of chickens, you know. And now, you know, he's relating to his, uh, his fans about uh, picking cotton as, as, as young people and how much work it was and getting, getting up early and how much, you know, the cotton with all the dew on it would, would weigh him down. So it's sharing these common stories uh, to form a connection. And now it begins his education uh, when he's in Nashville. Uh, his story takes us to Nashville and uh, where he first is learning the philosophy and, and discipline of, uh, of nonviolence, which, you know, was, this was most likely a turning point uh, for the rest of his life and, and how he was able to foster change. Yep, he just said it inspired him, it changed his life, the, the right to protest for what is right. And he's and and um, Lawson is is framing uh, nonviolent protest um, not as self defense but but something militant. It's an offensive position actually because that's how change is is brought about. It's you know constant 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 work, and it's breaking down this false sense of superiority. And there's this and this was just to desegregate downtown Nashville. So it's starting locally and changing those systems locally in the hopes that it spreads. And he was prepared to put his body on the line, which which he did. Oh, wow, there he is as a young man. And system, I, I, I'm guessing, is, is going to be a word that they're going to say throughout this documentary because it's not... It, 
changing the mind of one person is great. However, it's more effective to change a system. When the system and the environment changes, that's when the behavior changes. Because trying to, you know, trying to, to change the mind of one person is very admirable, but it's it takes such a long time and it's such hard work and it's quicker and more effective to change systems, laws, and policies to uh, to help the most amount of people. And under a constant threat uh, of losing your life or your house or and, and the ripple effect that has on your family, all of these consequences, whether you're aware of them or not aware, it is a very, very scary thing. Oh, wow. And all the, all the training that, that goes on and, you know, to, to prepare people, to prepare people for, for what's to come. You know, and to and to develop a uh, a shield, to uh, you know, to shield themselves from not only the verbal abuse but the physical abuse that can happen uh, for people who don't want you to sit in a restaurant. It's it's just one big temper tantrum from people in power because it's that fear of them not even losing power but just being on equal footing with others. So it's high levels of fear. Uh, for white people and insecurity uh, from white people. When I first sit in in Nashville, like, oh my God, like their heart just must be racing, you know, and putting pressure on the workers in the restaurant who have to say, you know, well, it's it's the the management that's that's doing it. And so curious what what the workers are thinking if they're you know, genuinely racist people or where they're not and they just have to do it so they don't lose their, lose their job. It's, you know, regardless of the reason, it's still wrong. And then, you know, there's the mob, there's the mob just, you know, abusing people who just want to sit and eat. And these optics are powerful because they're not fighting back. They're, they're sitting there and, and, and taking it, but that's a militant action even though it looks like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're surrendering, they're not. It is an offensive action to promote change. It is, it is a very painful, physically and mentally, a very painful action. You know, these white people aren't being arrested. They're not being arrested for assault. You know, the black people are being arrested because they want to sit down and, and, and eat. And eat just like everyone else. A month in jail. A month in, month in jail, and they all chose jail because they want to sit and eat, you know. And and sitting and eating is, you know, not being allowed to eat is part of a system. So you gotta start breaking into that system to break that system down, and and willing to sacrifice freedom, literal freedom, again because you just want what everybody else wants, and that becomes a powerful statement that inspires people, which obviously. It ended up doing. If you don't do everything you can to change things, it'll remain the same. And you got to give it all you have. I'm just, I'm just, para- I'm just repeating what he's saying. Oh, there's AOC. Not too far. Uh, maybe like an hour or so uh, away from where I live. I used to, I used to work in her district um, at, at a bar. Astoria is a really uh, part of her district. I believe is is in Astoria in Queens, and I used to work in Astoria, Queens, New York, baby. And then, it, oh, that's it's such a great job how it 
it juxtaposes what went on in 2018 to what was going on back then and how, you know, racism changes. So it, it goes from, you know, something being completely overt to, again, these subliminal things, these covert things to where if you're not in the know, they go, well, what are you talking about? There's, you know, it's, we're, it's not like it was. Things are, you know, things, racism's over. People, black people and white people can sit. You know, they'll, they'll say, oh, you know, back then it was bad, but now it's, it's not bad. What are they complaining about? And when they say they, that's bad enough. But what, what they're trying to fight against is, um, you know, again, systemic voter suppression. So things remain the same. And if things remain the same, it's not good. It's not good for a whole lot of people because their freedom is gone. Their freedom to vote their, uh, their, their, and their, their freedom to choose who they want to represent them. And it's all these barriers put in place to try and stifle that change. And it's been going on since well before the founding of this country, since, you know, since slaves were brought over on the ships and people were murdered to register people to vote. And so uh, where, where he's voting, you got to show ID. And where I vote, I don't I just, I use my signature. So it goes to show how, you know, it's different in each state. Yep, so systematic effort in this state to suppress the vote. Oh, and there's Raphael Warnock, the now senator of Georgia. And then there's Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz. Beto lost, uh, lost. I, think, I believe it was, it was close, uh, but he unfortunately still lost. And then it shows the losses. Cruz beating O'Rourke, uh, Kemp. Um, winning in in Georgia, you know those are devastating losses, um, and however, from those losses can you know can propel people to to learn uh, how they lost, and then hopefully improve from that. And I remember in 2018, I was freaking out uh, the whole night, um, but but eventually, you know the Democrats took control of the House and they just kept winning and winning and winning and winning. So that was a terrifying night at first, but uh, a good night overall. Very similar to uh, the 2020 election in where it, it, it looked bad at the beginning, but then, you know, the Democrats, uh, you know, just based on how the, how the votes were counted and, and based on, you know, who was counted first, it, you know, if you just looked, if you just followed it minute by minute, you're like, oh, that's it. Democrats have lost. This is terrible. But then you saw as the numbers were counted that they won handedly. Same thing with the 2020 presidential election. Yep, 2018, one party rule was over. And a lot of firsts. A lot of firsts. Oh, a crowded building. <laughs> People aren't wearing masks. Oh, wow. That's just weird to see. And there's James Clyburn out of South Carolina, the uh, kingmaker. If, if, if not for him, I don't think Biden would have been president uh, he had the, the foresight to know that Biden was the person to beat Trump and what foresight that was. So what the, what the John Lewis Act um, promotes, um, it's, uh, it makes it harder to, uh, to suppress votes. Um, and it's, it, I, I believe it's, it's popular with the majority of, of Americans. Um, and it, I'm just reading from uh, the New Yorker. It would ban partisan gerrymandering for congressional seats. 
um, makes it easier for citizens to register to vote and to guarantee early voting days. Because when people can vote early, that's more people to vote. More people to vote means that there more people have a say in how this country is uh, it's gov- is governed. And the Brennan Center for Justice has identified at least 106 measures in 28 states introduced by Republican lawmakers since the last election, four times more than last year, designed to suppress votes by restricting voter access to ballot boxes. That is how they want to try and retain power. They want to try and retain power by cheating. So you use policy to prevent this kind of cheating. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was speaking about how the federal government in the 60s, based on John Lewis's activism, wanted to say, well, slow down, slow down. You know, we, we got to take this slow. But, but, but she said, well, why, are we, why, why do we have to wait our, our whole lives? Um, why do we have to wait our whole lives? You know, it has to happen fast so we can have the same kind of freedom that everybody else has. Now, the federal government's point of view might be like, if we move too quick, we're going to lose the progress that we have. But then the other side is, well, you know, we're still not equal here, and we want this action to happen fast. And by fast, like, it needs to happen yesterday. And now in 2013, through the power of the, the, the Supreme Court, remove the power of the Voting Rights Act. So there's what, what, what Lewis almost died for. Um, the Supreme Court, you know, really, really erased a lot of, a lot of that progress. You know, it, it's basically like, well, racism doesn't exist anymore, so black people don't need these kind of protections. So they basically allowed, um, you know, voter suppression to take place, you know, legally. So what happened? because of that, you know, voter ID laws, purging voter rolls in, in so many places. So it's these these actions that cause, you know, less people to vote. So the people who don't want those kind of people to vote um, re- remain in power. So surgical like precision that, that uh, Senator Cory Booker um, you know, uh, w- w- was saying. So it's it's you know just from a you know stroke of a pen and 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 you know from the Supreme Court. Uh, you know it, it was a it was a big step back. You know, and then depending what state you're in, it could make it so much more hard to vote. And it just goes to show how you know you can have take two big steps forward and then all of a sudden there's three big steps back and that's why the fight still needs to go on yep so 2016 was the first election in 50 years and all of these ridiculous wait times um you know is a they're they're products of that because they figure well the longer people have to vote the more they'll go home you know the bigger bigger the chance there is they'll go home so in 2019, they, they had a bill to improve voter registration in 2019. Now, the Democrats introduced, introduced this knowing full well the Republicans wouldn't pass this. Um, but they wanted to get it out there going, hey, if there is a Democrat who's in power, these are the things we can do. So I'm, I'm hoping uh, for uh, President Biden, it's, it's one of the things he does uh, soon. Obviously, there are so many things on his plate because there's so many things going wrong. Uh, this, however, you know, voting is democracy. We need voting to have democracy. And those who want to remove 
the access to voting, you know, wants to that re- they want to remove democracy. And they can try to couch that as saying, oh, well, we want to protect things. We want to make sure there's no voter fraud. It's just they're not looking at the evidence. I truly believe there are ul- ulterior motives when it comes to this. Instead of being secure, secure in your in the way you campaign, instead of that, they try to cheat. And now they try to call people socialists. They try to paint themselves as victims. Meanwhile, they're the ones doing the suppression. They're the ones doing that. But at the same time, they try to they try to frame themselves as being, you know, the true victims of it. So don't believe them. Look at the evidence. They're uh, talking about the, the freedom singers and, you know, and even though they're going through so much pain and so much oppression, it's, you know, the singing promotes solidarity. It's people working together uh, to sing. It, it, I think it promotes solidarity, uh, and then music lifts the spirits. Uh, it creates, you know, not only solidarity, but a sense of hope and a sense of happiness. And, and, and it takes, it makes someone be in that moment. And in that moment, uh, there is joy, joy through, joy through music and, and joy through singing. Even though Lewis said he couldn't carry a tune, I don't think that matters, Representative Lewis. As long as you can sing. Sing and dance and experience joy, no matter how good or bad you think your voice is. As long as you, as long as you do it. Or as long as you do something to express uh, that joy and, and that solidarity to, to bring about change. So Thoroughgood Marshall was saying to Lewis, you know, you're endangering yourself. You, you just need one case, you know, what, how, you know, the, the way Marshall did it. And Lewis's response as a 21-year-old man was, we, we, we don't have that now, and we need a mass movement in order to get there. And there's, you know, he just mentioned how Kennedy didn't want the march because he was afraid there was going to be violence, and he didn't want, you know, then they wouldn't have, wouldn't have gotten a, a bill through. Um, but looks like uh, Kennedy was wrong. So it just goes to show the, you know, well, the, the, the intentions are good. They both want the same thing. It's just trying to figure out the best, the best way to do it. So he's saying we cannot be patient because they're fighting for their lives. You know, and it's and it's, you know, in an ideal world, you know, the conservatives and liberals would be fighting for the same goal. It's just that the liberals want to get there fast and conservatives want to get there slower. Problem is now they're not even fighting for the same goals. The conservatives want to remove rights, want to remove democracy. You know, the Republicans want to do this um, and the Democrats want to you know, maintain democracy. It's such a low bar. The maintaining of democracy, you know, um, but it's it's the it's it's the struggle of getting wanting to get there fast, wanting to get there slow. What the results of getting there fast would be versus the results of getting there slow, and it's just constantly trying to figure out where most of the public is at in those regards. You know, you know, I, w- I want things to change overnight, you know, and some people don't, and that's why it's important to vote. And it just, and this is showing the lawlessness that was the Trump administration. They were subpoenaed and they refused. They refused because it probably would have exposed them to a lot of wrongdoing. And, you know, because they don't believe in government, 
uh, unless it works for them. Because they don't believe in democracy unless it works for them, they'll just defy orders. And at the same time, they try and preach law and order. So it's, 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 it's the height of hypocrisy, but they don't care that they're hypocrites. They just want to say, have these sayings, and then these sayings are broadcast all over the place, and a misinformation campaign um, begins. So there's a, a system, and there's that word, uh, a system of misinformation that's out there, which is why it's so important to get your your news from from credible sources. Because misinformation is harmful. It's harmful uh, to you know someone's health with the pandemic, and it's harmful to democracy itself when people are misinformed regardless of their intentions. Uh, misinformation is uh, can lead to disastrous results. I remember seeing that viral video of him dancing and, you know, through a very uh, unhappy moments, it, you know, it, it, it made me, it made me happy. And then I also have a video of him uh, saying, you know, it's, it's all going to be all right. It's all going to be all right. And I, I still turn to that video uh, during moments when I'm, when I'm sad, because, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. You just got to keep, you just got to keep going. So there's a picture of him and his late friend, Julian Bond, in the Mississippi Delta trying to get people registered to vote and just how dangerous it was. And we take that for granted because, you know, well, before the pandemic, it's like you, you set a table out. And even during the pandemic, I knew people who, you know, they would have their masks on um, and they would set up a table and register people to vote. And there, there's an element of risk and danger because of the pandemic. But before the pandemic, a couple of years ago, it's, it's you know, you set up a table and you, you get people to come in, you register people to vote, you, you, you have, um, you, you can get a printout, and you can fill out the printout, you mail it, and then, you know, you register the vote. And, you know, the fact that you could have been killed doing that is just, you know, it's, it's astounding. It's, it's astounding. So it's just, you know, I, I get angry at people who who don't vote, um, even if I understand their reasoning why they don't vote. They don't like either candidate, you know, what's it going to mean for them? Uh, I, I understand it. Uh, but that being said, um, these are rights that people, you know, fought and died for. And to not vote means that you're, you don't, you're not really serious about bring, bringing about change, regardless of whether you agree with the system or not. You could contribute to changing that system if you just voted. God damn it. Now his rise into politics. So after act, being an activist on the, you know, kind of on the outside and working with the insiders, he, you know, that's, you know, you, you become that insider to really make that change. So it was 1980, you know, started after Robert Kennedy was killed. He worked for Carter. And then I believe in 1986, he made his, yeah, he made his first run for, uh, for Congress. Oh, wow. And tense moments with bonds regarding the issue of drug testing. And that's how he won um, at the city council. Yeah, so he's kind of repeating what I said. Being on the outside, he's struggling, and now he's fighting uh, from the inside. Both important fights, uh, and Lewis felt that he could be more effective uh, being on the uh, on the inside as a member of Congress. 
and now talking about how he's fighting from within through legislation, through policy, and that's how change is made. It's change. The outsiders, through protests and activism, you know, spark those changes, and then the insiders, the legislators, write up those laws uh, that was motivated by the people on the outside, and become it can become this beautiful circle of, of change. Uh, you know, action from the outside sparks action from the inside that spark more action from the outside and, and more and around and around, around we go. And hopefully, uh, many steps forward than, than steps back challenges the conscience of the Congress. And this, I remember this, uh, you know, about gun control. And I believe this was after Sandy Hook, uh, and they occupied the floor. And so as an act of protest, they sat on the floor. And I remember Fox News didn't cover this, didn't cover it. And, and, and I remember got an argument with now a former friend who's a Republican, and he's now a member of the Trump cult, uh, just started arguing. And I kept saying, well, why don't you think Fox News is covering this moment? Because Fox News don't, doesn't want it to... Uh, you know, doesn't want this kind of thing out there, you know, or if, if they do put it out there, they'll frame it in a way, look what he's doing. He's disgracing Congress, you know. Meanwhile, that's how action's done, yeah, through action. It, there's an element of political theater, but the, the cause the cause is just. And there's Stacey Abrams, a uh, kingmaker in Georgia, and I hope, I hope she runs for, for governor again. But I, without her, uh, the Democrats wouldn't have the control of the Senate because uh, I don't think Asaf and Warnock would be elected. And, and she's saying the power of Lewis's story needs to be told and needs to be remembered because our past, you know, isn't that far into the past. And it's remembering these stories and, and doing the things they did so things don't get bad or things don't get worse or 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 steps backward aren't taken so it's just a constant life it's a lifetime it's years of work and struggle to keep this thing going and by thing i mean progress to keep this progress going and it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of energy a lot of time you know and crossing that bridge in order to you know, say that it, they just want to vote. You know, an action that we may take for granted today. They 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 wanted to 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 show the, the importance of voting, and that suppressing one is is suppressing all. Um, and just what resistance they got, what resistance because systems of government and people don't want to see certain types of people. And it's not even about gaining power. It's just about being on equal footing so they can at least compete. And the more people that show up, the harder it is to control. I mean, millions of people, millions, were denied the right. Like a young John Lewis said, wow, Mississippi alone increased registration 800%. That's millions of people who just want to join the democratic process, who just want their voice to be heard, who want to vote people who can, you know, in the closest way, represent them. Oh, and that's Lewis holding a Barack Obama book, the official inaugural book. And it just shows, you know, how far we've come with the election of President Obama, but, you know, how far we still need to go as a society. But, you know, 
that that moment was just absolutely i mean i'm old enough to remember 2008 and just uh you know absolutely historical you know i didn't i didn't see it as much then i think as i can see it now i i think i'm i'm more knowledgeable about history and politics than I was in, in 2008. So when I look back on it now, it's, it's, it's more powerful than it was when he was elected in 2008. And it was such a difference with me between 2008 and 2012 that, um, you know, when, when Obama was reelected, I was like, yes, you know. And then the devastation of 2016, <laughs> where I was crying at 2.45 in the morning. But to the absolute elation of uh, November 7th, 2020, when the results were in that, that Biden won, um, you know, oh, there's Paul Weyrich of uh, APAC, a cons- powerful conservative organization saying he doesn't want people to vote because he, he knew, he knew, Weyrich's dead. Uh, he knew during his life how dangerous it was for Republicans uh, to give people the right to vote. Because the more people who vote, the less of a chance Republicans have to win. You know, and now it's seeing with the gutting of the of the Voting Rights Act how uh, the the ID law not since Reconstruction that's post Civil War stuff. Um, you know, what what a what a vicious step back. And, and like I said, I'm hoping I'm hoping the filibuster is removed so so things can be more fair and and the Voting Rights Act can be re-strengthened in the name of John Lewis. And like Eric Holder says, a former attorney general, we have to re-engage. This is not a time for despair. To quote Bernie Sanders, despair is not an option. So I, I think of that when, when, <laughs> when I'm in states of despair about the state of this country. It's uh, what does despair do? What does it do for us? It just brings us down. So we want moments to, to lift us up. And it's, like I said, an ongoing struggle. And it will continue to be. And I say continue to be, even though I don't want it to continue to be, it just seems to, to, it's just the way it is. You know, there's always a struggle and a fight. You know, always. I hope for the day it's not, but, you know, I, I I don't see that happening. It'd be nice. It'd be really nice. In 2019, walking across the bridge, Trump was not there, not surprisingly. So I'm saying there's going to be some setbacks, some delays, but he believes we'll get there. And, you know, I believe it too. Damn it, you have to. You have to. But, you know, believing is one thing. It's, it's, it's working. Uh, working for it is, is another. So you, you, believing is cool. But to believe, you got to work. Got to work. So you see John Lewis winning the Medal of Freedom from Barack Obama, and Donald Trump just disgraced the Medal of Freedom with with people like Rush Limbaugh. Ugh. Just giving him is just just a what a just a tarnishing what the Medal of Freedom actually stands for. It's gross. So we're looking at the credits now. So I don't know if there's any post-credit things. Let's hope there's not. I'm not a fan of post-credits, but you know, it just it, it gave a good overview, you know, brief overview. But you know, how can you encapsulate a life like John Lewis in an hour and forty minutes? You can't. Um, but for some people who don't know about John Lewis, I think this is a good start. Uh, it, it gave a good overview. 
it it uh, it, it described the the turning points of his life, you know, from child to 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 his to his death and the things that he's done and and hopefully the the legacy that he leaves moving forward um so yeah it's a really good overview and i'm sure you know there's plenty of books and websites and articles all about him that if people want to go into further detail of the of the things that he's done you know it's there you go once once it's safe to go to museums you can go to museum and read all about it but he is a giant a giant, a legend in, um, in the name of civil rights and the advancement of, uh, of progress in American society. So thank you, John Lewis. Thank you, Magnolia Pictures, for making this documentary. And uh, hopefully it's just one way that... Oh, God damn it. It's, I knew there was post-credits. Yeah, it's just him saying... Be, not just, but it's him saying, be happy. Ah, they, they must have heard me complain about the post-credits. Regardless of the post credits, um, you know, so hopefully this can inspire people. Uh, John Lewis definitely inspires me. Um, if I do a tenth of what he's done, I think I will have lived a fulfilled life. So I will certainly do all I can to promote the va- the values that he promotes, and it's just something as simple as equality and, and not just equality but better than equality equity where equality is you know people getting the same thing equity is the underserved possibly getting more so they can have the same as those who are privileged so onward to equity onward to progress and uh thank you john lewis and thank you everybody for for listening to this podcast so if you want to hear more podcasts you can rate, share, and review so other people know about it. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at MMAM Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM Podcast. You can email me at mmampodcast at gmail.com. And um, we're still in a pandemic, so please educate yourself using credible sources like the New York Times, Washington Post, USA Today, BBC, NPR. Listen to the news, listen to the science, keep yourself and others safe through all this. And when this pandemic is over, and I say when because it will be, you know, information and knowledge, it's powerful now and it's going to be powerful in the future. So use that for, for things that are so important so we can keep this train rolling and keep this thing called progress going. All right. Take care, everyone. Take care of each other. All right. Good trouble and good, good trouble.